Hi guys, so let me get into another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. We get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube and also anywhere you can get your podcast. So um, I know I've been slacking a little bit lately. I'm actually in the middle of a transition here. So I ask that you guys be patient with me. Um, so the, the video stuff will be up shortly. Um, but as of now, we'll do audio. Um, and I'm just appreciative of you guys and uh, I'm just thankful for your encouragement as we continue to study uh, on the podcast. So I don't know how long <laughs> or how short this was going to be because this is this is uh, it's not necessarily planned. Um, but I think this is this is a topic that has been helping me and maybe uh, this can help you, too, as we study and as we talk together. So here's what we're going to talk about today. And the topic is it's easy to say but hard to live. It's easy to say, but it's hard to live. So let's just take a few statements. All right. So let's just, just entertain me for a little bit here. Let's, let's just take these few statements here. So have you ever said this yourself or have you ever heard others say this? I want to be a strong Christian. That's very easy to tell everybody, isn't it? It's kind of like a standard thing, right? I want to be a strong Christian. Easy to say, hard to live. Well, I want to increase my faith. I want my faith to get better. It's easy to say, but that's hard to live. You know, I, I really do want to grow. I really do want to get better. I really do want to be what God wants me to be. I want that. It's easy to say, but it's hard to live. And, you know, as I was going through some scriptures and um, going through some other things, even even as I reflected on, you know, a lot of things that I reflected on teaching and I reflected on even the podcast, there's some stuff that even as I was teaching you all and even as I'm reading for myself, you know, as I'm teaching it, it sounds good. You know, we should be doing X, Y, and Z, right? We should be doing this. We should be doing that. The scripture says we should be doing that, right? And that that is what we should be doing because that's what the Bible says. But then, you know, you press you press stop on the record button, you know, or you get in the car and you go home from worship or you get in the car and, and or you go back to work. All these things happen. And it's like, I get what was said. But it's so much harder for me to live. And so a lot of times when we think about, you know, denial and when we think about what Peter did, right, Luke chapter 22. Peter denied Jesus three times, right? Sometimes we think denial is this blatant um, display of, you know, forgetfulness. So I've never, I've never in front of everybody, I've never told people that I don't love Jesus. I've never told people that, you know, I denied him three times. I, I don't, I don't do that. So sometimes we think denial is, it, it, well, it's, we're not as bad as Peter. But if we say phrases like, I want to be strong, or I want to grow, or I want to mature, or I want to be faithful, and then we just say it in word, but then we don't make the adjustments or the sacrifices in our personal lives that we need to make, guess what we're doing? We're in the same boat that Peter was in in Luke chapter 22. We're denying him. And I, I was just thinking about that for a long time, and it was just like, 
it's so easy for us to deny our Lord. Because sometimes we think, well, I didn't do it like Peter did it. You know, I didn't do it like the apostles did it when they forsook him and fled. I didn't do it like Judas did it. You may not have. But if we're not willing to make the sacrifices in our own personal lives to adjust to what the Bible says, we're in the same boat that they're in. So sometimes, guys, as we talk about this, it's easy to even verbally say things, you know, like to your to your friends or, you know, who you're around. It's easy. It's very easy to tell people you want to grow and get better. But as I talked with Sam in the previous podcast, growing and getting better um, as you walk with the Lord. If it doesn't hurt, I don't think we're doing it right. If you say that you want to grow, that you want to develop, that you want to be what God wants you to be. And if by if by living your life and trying to transform your life with the gospel, if it doesn't hurt, then I don't think you're doing it right. You know, you think about you think about growing pains, right? You remember as you were growing up as a teenager, you would feel those growing pains like it hurts. But you but, you know, you're you're getting taller or, you know, your body's developing. So, I mean, that's how our Christian life is. You know, as we go through these growing pains and as we adjust, right, Colossians chapter three, if you if you seek those things that are above, you know, if you are risen with Christ, seek those things that are above and then you're going to put on some things. But then you're also going to take the effort to put off some things, too. And so as you do those things. It's hard, man, like it's hard. It's it's so difficult. And. I think a lot of times as we as we look at this and as we study especially from Colossians chapter three, putting off sometimes in some cases, that's the difficult part. But in some cases, that's the easy part in putting on something. But then taking something off, that's where it becomes difficult. And so here's here's what happens sometimes with it's easy to say, but it's hard to live. I understand why Paul wrote, And in Corinthians, evil communications corrupt good morals, right? So when you think about it, as you're trying to grow, as you're trying to develop, uh, develop, and as you're trying to be what the Lord wants you to be, obviously you're making sacrifices and other people around you are making sacrifices too. But if we're in the same boat as Peter was in or the disciples were in in Luke chapter 22 and Matthew 26, If we're in the same boat as them, and if we just say verbally that I want to get better, if we just say verbally I want to get stronger, if we just say verbally I want to be a a more mature Christian, right? If we say those things just in word only, but we don't do, then what's going to be our, what's going to be the crowd that we're around? So are you going to be around people that are sacrificing and that are giving things up in their lives for Christ? Naturally, you're not going to do that. Naturally, you're going to stick around people that are doing exactly what you're doing, saying that they want to be strong verbally, saying that they want to be faithful verbally, saying that they want to be mature verbally, but they're not making sacrifices and you're not making sacrifices. So it's a perfect match. So do you see how sometimes we can 
even by our own influence of what we're doing, we can influence those around us for the worse. You know, and, and when you when you think about it's easy to say, but it's hard to live. You know, you think about Psalm chapter 23, verse four. Right. When when David mentions, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. That rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Right. It's easy to say. Thou art with me in the valley until you get there. You know, it, it's. It's kind of like, and I talked to a friend of mine about this, and he's in college, and he's a sophomore at Ole Miss. And he said before he got into college, people told him over and over and over and over and over. And I'm sure I told him, right? And, and other people way wiser than I than I am told him, hey, look, be careful uh, with who you hang around. Be careful with your group. Be careful with who you spend time with because, you know, you're going to start to see yourself changing. You might not be doing anything wrong, but just because of the environment that you're in, you're going to see yourself changing, right? And this this young man told me as we talked, he said, yeah, yeah, you know, I get it. It made sense. I listened. But then he didn't really understand it until he got there. And then once he got there and when he actually went through it, then it started making more sense. I think sometimes in this life, especially when we talk about this term, it's easy to say, but it's hard to live. Sometimes we hear all the right stuff all the time through podcasts, through through Sunday morning sermons, through Wednesday night lessons, through secular, or not secular, but through, you know, separate studies, through your own reading. You hear all this stuff all the time. That's, that's one thing that no Christian in the world can say. It, they can't say, well, I haven't heard. I can't say I haven't heard, especially in the United States. They, they can't say, well, I haven't, I haven't heard enough sermons on that or I, I didn't know I was supposed to grow or I didn't know I was supposed to do that. We all know we're supposed to do these things. But it's, it's all about what are we going to do after we know what we're supposed to do. So now we hear all the time, grow, mature, grow, mature, study, uh, you know, put on, put off, you know, you know, develop all these things we hear all the time, all the time. But as we hear these things. Sometimes it won't really make sense until we're put in a situation where we need it. So you hear something like, hey, look, we need to we need to study more. We need to grow more. We need to increase our own personal faith because you never know when you're going to need it. So if you're in a state where things are aligning for you and things are working out. Most cases, not all, because we can't put an ultimatum there, but most cases you'll be just like my buddy was. You know, that, that sounds great. You, you agree. It's not like you disagree, right? We agree with that. All oh, that that's that's exactly what we need to be doing. Exactly what we need, what we need to be doing. But until your life switches up and until it changes and until you're actually walking in the valley instead of reading about the valley, then that's when it gets real. Then that's so then once you hit the valley in your personal life or in your spiritual life, after you hit that, then you'll start to rely on other things outside of yourself and other people. So now this is why in times of peace or in times where things are going okay for you in your life, this is why you need to develop your faith and study and grow and mature now. Because as you do that, once you hit the valley and you will hit one, once you hit it, what are you going to lean back on? Who do you have to lean on on that? You have the Lord. You have the Lord to lean on. 
And so, guys, as we talk about this topic of it's easy to say, but it's hard to live, even for me, you know, as a as a as a preacher and, and as I'm still I still haven't got where I need to be. Like Paul said in Philippians, I haven't attained. Um, I haven't gotten to the level that I need to be at. And there's still there's still a lot of work for me to do. There's still a lot of work for me to do. Um, but even for me, like it's it's even difficult. You know, to to even preach on Psalm chapter 23, verse four, or Colossians chapter three or Luke chapter 22, all these things. It's difficult to preach that. And then it's difficult to live for us, too. You know, even even Matthew chapter five, you know, you know, I was studying this a couple of days ago with a friend of mine. You know, it's it's easy to read. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. But what happens when, when you're put in a situation where. You're the only one giving out mercy. So now, so now that verse becomes real, you know, and, and then what about later on in Matthew chapter five, verses 44 and 45, when he says, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, bless them that persecute you and, and, and use you and, and speak of you evilly or, and, and speak evil of you and, and then do all this stuff and bless them, bless them and pray for them. That sounds great when that's not happening to you. But then what happens when that happens to you? Can then can we exercise that? You see, it's so much it's so much easier to read these texts and read these verses and say, oh, that sounds great. That that's exactly what and, and amen. Oh, amen. That's exactly what we need to be doing. But it doesn't become real for you until it actually happens. So then when you're actually put in a situation where you're spoken evil of. When you're actually put in a situation where, um, where, where the text in Matthew 5 despitefully used, when you're actually put in a situation where you have to love your enemies, what are you going to do then? See, that then it's not easy to say. Now you got to live it. And I think that's a skill that myself included, and I'm lumping myself in wholeheartedly. That's a skill that I think all of us need to get better at. Because I think a lot of us do a lot of agreeing. I agree. Yep, I agree. Matthew 5, I agree. Yep. Colossians 3, put on, put off. I agree. Yep, Second Peter chapter 3, we should grow in the grace and knowledge. I agree. Oh, yep, you know, Matthew chapter 5, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work. I agree. But then that agreement sometimes switches up when we're put in a situation to use it. So then that's that's when we're actually tested. We're not tested when we're learning about it. We're tested when the Lord puts us in the situation to use it after we've learned it. See, that's that's where you're going to grow and mature. I think sometimes and, and I think I can even do a better job of teaching of how to do this better. I think sometimes when we think about studying and maturing and developing, it's just the sitting and learning process. That's a part of it, but that's not the whole that's not the whole picture of studying, maturing and developing. The whole picture of that is to sit there and to listen and to learn and to grow and to get more knowledge. And now to take that. And now when the Lord puts you in a situation where you got to use it, you have something to come up, come out on. So it's kind of like this, you know, you think about school, right? You know, if, if you teach, you know, if you learn, if you're an English major, right, and you take four years of English you're going to sit there. You're going to go through your course. 
And as you go through your courses, you're learning how to do all these things so you can teach it. So then once you graduate and you walk across that stage, what if you never use that degree at all? So then can you really say that you grew in that subject? You grew for a time when you were using it, but then now you walk that stage and now you're not using it. So can you say you're really using that degree? It's the same thing with scripture. So let, let's let's equate scripture to that degree. So let's say, quote unquote, class or quote unquote, university is coming to Bible class and listening to a sermon every Sunday, every Wednesday, and then every extra study that you want to go to, whether that's a youth thing, whether that's the college thing, whether that's a extra study, whatever you want to put in that box, that's your that's your educational curriculum as a Christian. So what happens if I spend 30 years going around and just going to all that stuff? But then when I'm put in a situation to use it, I never use it. See, then now we find ourselves in what Peter and the apostles did. We're denying it because we're not using it. Well, how do you know that? Remember what James said? Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers only. And and sometimes, you know, I'll put myself in that too. Sometimes we're very good hearers of it, but we're not good executors of it. We got to do it. Even if it's hard, even if it's so difficult. And I talked with Sam about this. It's hard. It's hard to do Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 and 45, when that happens to you and you don't think it could happen. It's hard. It's hard to do Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, when at literally the day before things are great, now things are terrible. So now you got to walk through the valley and then you got to have the same confidence in God that you had yesterday. That's hard. It's hard when you're uh, you know, when you're growing and developing and you're doing all these things and then you get persecuted for that by the world. It's hard. It's difficult. But how are you going to know how strong you are if you're not tested? And, and all these things that happen to us, all of this is a test. You know, I think about Deuteronomy chapter 7 and Deuteronomy chapter 8. And if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 through, I think, 11, God is preparing the Israelites for battle. And as he's preparing them for battle, he tells them, he reminds them who they are. And so like in verse 6, he says they're a special people. I think verse 7, they're a saved people and a chosen people. Then the Lord didn't pick them because they were more, but they were actually fewer than everybody else. All these things that God said, this is the reason why I picked you. I'm faithful. I keep my promises. I'm not slack. I protect you. All these things I do. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he says, I want you to keep the commandments so that you may live and you may multiply and that you can go into the land. But then I believe it's verse 2 or 3 of Deuteronomy chapter 8, where he says, do you know why I brought you out of Egypt? I brought you out of Egypt to see. First of all, he said, I brought you out to humble you. He said, that's the first reason I brought you out. But then the second reason I brought you out was to see if you would keep the commandments or not. Guys, all this time, let's let's say you're 28, 29, 30. Let's say you're in that range, right? Because that's my range. Okay, so I'll use me, I'm 29. So let's say you're in, you're in that range. And let's say from the next 30 years, what you've done the first 30, you do the next 30. So all you do is just show up to all these things. But you never exercise it. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt 
to humble us, but also to test us to see whether we would keep the commandments or not. So all this learning that you've been doing for the past 30 years, and then all this learning, Lord willing, that you'll be doing the next 30 years by doing the same thing that you did the first 30 years. All this learning that you're doing. And the Lord brings problems. The Lord brings issues. The Lord brings hard things and hard situations in your life. Why did he do that? Does God do that to, to single us out? Well, I, Jordan, I want to single you out because I want you to go through more stuff than everybody else. Nope, because that's, that's not how God works. Does God go through problems just to randomly, randomly, you know, dangle us over the fire? Nope, because that's not God's character. God doesn't do that. So why does God put us through and, and test us with certain things that happen in our lives? Why does he do that? I don't understand. You know why he does it? He does it to see while it's hard and while it's difficult and while you're in the valley and while you got to do the hard stuff that I have to do as God every single day, I want to see if you'll be consistent in the hard times, just like you were consistent in the good ones. So remember in Matthew chapter five, what does God say about himself? God makes the rain to fall on the just and he makes the rain to fall on the unjust. So think about this for a second. The rain nourishes and it helps the earth grow crops, grass, other things. So if you have a Christian farmer who needs that rain, God sends it for him. But then you have somebody who also is a farmer but that farmer is an atheist and that farmer blatantly hates God and blatantly shows the disgust that he has for God out in the open and in his own heart. Guess what God still does for him too? The same rain that he gave that Christian farmer, he gave the same one to the atheist one. So think about what God has to deal with every day. You remember, what's our topic? It's easy to say, but it's hard to live. Let's think about it from God's perspective. So remember that the scripture mentions that his mercies are new every morning. So every morning the sun comes up. There are people that get up and praise his name for another day. There's people that get up and, and, and are thankful that they exist, that are thankful for another opportunity to serve, that are thankful for another opportunity to help more people and to help themselves. There's people that wake up every morning with a certain level of gratefulness and a certain level of thankfulness that knows who God is and knows what the, what he's done for for them. But then there's some people that wake up that wake up and try to find ways to hurt people. To find ways to do things and and hurt themselves and other people. To do things to try to hurt God and to say he doesn't exist. But does God treat them different? The same air, the same oxygen, the same rain, the same sun that he gives us, he gives them too. So now for us, he's asking us, when you're, when you're walking through this life with me and we're walking hand in hand, and as we walk through life and today is still waters, today is sunshine, today is wealth, today is friendships, Today is everything perfect. I want you to be consistent with me 
And I want you to be consistent with everybody else that you know. But then tomorrow, if by my providence and by my knowledge and by my grace, I decide to change everything up tomorrow and those still waters are no longer still, they're raging. That, that, that path that you were walking on is not straight anymore. It, it's rigid and you don't even know where, where the path is at anymore. When things aren't going your way, where literally yesterday they were, when things and, and things, you're just, you're walking alone now. The same guy, the same girl that you were yesterday, can you be that same guy? And can you be that same girl today? Well, God, I can't do that because that's a drastic change. That's really hard. You don't understand my situation. You don't understand what's being said. You don't understand what's being done. You don't understand, you know, the, the, the storm that's around me. You don't, you don't really get it. Yeah, I do. So you can't use that as an excuse. Because guess what I have to do every day as your father? There's people that hate me. There's people that think I don't exist. There's people that literally their job is to teach other people that I, that I don't exist. But guess what I still do for everybody, including yourself? You know, now when you think about conversations like this, I think about Job and I think about all that time in Job. Job's talking to God and he's asking and he's really wanting answers. And once God really talks to him and when God says, and, and sometimes when you make it really personal, it's kind of scary. You know, I kind of try to put myself in that situation. Imagine you're complaining about your situation. Everything has changed. Everything's changed up on you real quick, right? And then wherever you are right now, a whirlwind comes. And then you hear a voice from heaven. And I'll use my name and use yours as we're, as we're looking through this. Lord, I don't understand what happened. Jordan, let me ask you something. And the thing about it, when you think about what, what God, did, God did, God really didn't even talk directly about Job's situation. He said, look, Jordan, where were you at when I made the stars? Jordan, where were you at when I made the stars and the moon? Who commands the sea to come to a certain point and not to not to go over? Who made the animals? Who made the behemoth? Who made you? Who was there at from creation? Then imagine how you're just speechless. So imagine the situation that you're going in right now. Easy to say, hard to live, right? You want help. You want answers. You want, you want whatever you want to put in that blank. That's what you want from God. But then God actually entertains you and God has a conversation with you. I wouldn't be surprised today if God would have the same conversation with me and with you and with everybody else that wants to talk to him. I wouldn't be surprised if he had that same conversation that he had in the book of Job with him. Because what could we answer today? The same thing Job said, Lord, I can't say anything. I'll just put my hand over my mouth. There's nothing I can do. So it's easy to say, but it's hard to live. But here's the beauty part about it. And let's just stick with Job since we're here. It would have been hard for Job to live out Matthew chapter five. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. 
you don't know what it's like to be in this situation until you're in it. So imagine calamity instantly hits your life. And if you don't know what that feels like, it's a different feeling. Like literally everything was in place yesterday and now it's not. If you don't know what that feels like, keep living. Because <laughs> that, 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 at some point, it's probably going to happen. But I can't. it's a hard feeling to describe. It's weird. And I can't even really describe it to you now. But imagine that happens to you. And as that happens, everybody around you comes up with their own conclusion of why this is happening to you. And you sit there and you listen to it all for months. For months, people sit there and try to reason with you why the reason why this is happening to you, it's your fault somehow. No one else takes accountability. No one else take, they try to blame everything on you. And so you sit there and you listen to that for, for months. Because that's how long Job listened to his friends. And then there's an instance where after God talks to him in Job chapter 42. God tells the three friends, the things that you have spoken of my servant Job were wrong. And think about it. The text says that the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he lived out what was hard. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 and 45. You think that was easy for him to pray for, for those that, that, that were brooding over him as he's in suffering? You think that was easy for him? You think that was fun for him? You think that was the easy prayer to pray for him? But he did it. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Guys, as you get to know God more, and as I'm getting to know God and my Lord more, the more and more I study about him and his character and who he is, First of all, I see how far I am from him. I see how far I am from him. And there's a lot of work for me to do. Because I'm not there. So there's always room. <clears throat> there's always room for improvement. But also the more. You study about our Lord and our Father. The more you should see, I've got something to strive for. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not the funnest road all the time. But in Matthew chapter 5, at the end of the chapter... He leaves us with one thing. He says, be therefore perfect. Even as I am perfect. If you want to be the children of your father in heaven, be therefore perfect. The beautiful thing about this is. Um, as you try your best. 
to live out Psalm 23, Matthew chapter 5, Job 42, Colossians 3, 2 Peter 3, all these things that we referenced and looked at this morning. When you try to live that way, through scripture and through the examples that we see, it is consistently shown that instant gratification for you is not going to happen. So just know, as you live Job 42, as you live all these texts that we looked at, don't expect instant gratification. But here's what you can expect. You can expect, number one, you're going to get stronger. Because what did Peter say? That the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. What did Job say in Job 23.10? Even though you slay me, and even though he's tried me, I will come forth as gold. So number one, you will get stronger from doing the hard things. From doing the things that's easy to say but hard to live. You're going to get stronger. And then number two, as you do the things that are easy, easy to say but hard to live, as you, as you do those things, as hard as it is sometimes, here's what you can have confidence in. As you go through and as you exercise the Lord's commands for you, you are becoming more like your father every single day. And I don't know about you guys, but um, that's one thing I want to strive to be is to be be more like our father and be more like Christ. And it's a great thing, especially for us as guys, but also for the ladies as well. Have somebody to strive to be like. And I strive to be more like him every day. Do I fail? Absolutely. I fail all the time. Do I get it wrong? I get it wrong all the time. Do I get it right? Nope. I, I get it wrong a lot. Pretty much you know, I get things wrong a lot, but I, I have a goal and I have a standard and I have somebody to look to. So even though I constantly get it wrong, even though I'm not there, and even though I fail and falter as Peter did multiple, multiple times, the thing about it is Peter made it. The thing about it is the disciples made it. The thing about it is Job made it. The thing about it is Abram made it. The thing about it is Joseph made it. So if they can make it, being imperfect, I can make it too. And you can make it too. It's easy to say, but it's hard to live. Those are just some thoughts that I had um, <clears throat> in my own personal study. Um, I hope that was able to benefit you somehow um, as it benefited me as we studied and we looked through uh, certain things in scripture. And uh, I just hope that all of us really want to mature and get to that level where we're doing more than just agreeing with what's being said, but we're actually trying to do what's being said. And I think if all of us together together, 
can do that more, I think we'll start seeing ourselves changing the way that we should be. And I think we'll start seeing the congregations around us changing too. So I, I hope we can be that example that the Lord wants us to be. Um, and I hope that we can keep growing. So I really appreciate you guys. Again, thank you guys for your patience with me um, during my transition here. Um, again, you guys will know more information as it comes. Um, but the studio and everything will be set up soon. Um, but until that is set up, it'll be audio. Um, so make sure you go anywhere you can get your podcast and share and like. And again, I'm just so appreciative of what you guys do. And I'm thankful for your friendship and your encouragement. And I'm just grateful that you guys are here. So I appreciate you. And Lord willing, uh, if we don't have a pop-up one this week, Lord willing, uh, we'll be back Monday with another one. Thanks, guys.